my book. When the church first bought me this thing, I told Debbie, I said, I, I really, I'm, I'm a pen and paper guy. I said, you know, I just see people using these things. And I said, really what I want to do, I, I just want to get in front of the whole church and I like to turn the pages while I'm preaching. Just do this. <laughs> First Corinthians 14 and 8. And I promise you, I'm going to just cruise right through just a few minutes. And I know that scares some of you when I say that. I, I didn't even look, but I know some eyebrows went, went up. 1 Corinthians 14 and 8. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, everybody say an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for battle? Now, I don't want to take this out of context. I know that Paul's teaching about tongues and, and when to do, how to use the tongue. I understand that. But, but, but I just that part caught me, and I feel like if I can use that without taking it out of context, amen. The trumpet has to give a certain sound for us to all to understand and know what's happening. Then Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. Acts 2 and verse 40. If you can't get there quick enough, just look up on the screen. It'll be right up here. And, men, and the Holy Ghost had just been poured out here. And Paul was, and Peter was preaching to them and doing a little teaching here. And he said, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Everybody say untoward. Hallelujah. Untoward generation. I looked up the, the word untoward. I kind of had an idea of what it meant, but I looked it up just to make sure. In the Greek, uh, it's skolios, and it simply means warped. It means winding or twisted. It means crooked, and it means perverse. Hallelujah. And Peter, the man that Jesus gave the keys to the kingdom, said, Amen, save yourselves from this generation that is without direction. That's what one interpretation of that word means. Untoward means without direction. Look over somebody and smile at them one more time. It'll improve your face value, and you can be seated. And I'm going to just try to just say a couple things that might help you here. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. You know, 12 inches in a foot, that's three feet in a yard, four quarts in a gallon the last time I checked. Two plus two equals four. Even if you really, really want it to be five, it's still four. It has been established that's what that is. And, of course, we could go on and on with measurements and various things that's been established. Football season is in full swing, and, and a lot of us, most of us around here, we know that full well. And the fans are super serious about their teams. The grass may get knee-deep and the trash may not get taken out until springtime, but the guys and the fans are going to watch the games or at least listen and find out what the score is it's just the way it is when just uh, Justin Tucker tries for the field goal and sometimes that's going to just mean whether we win or lose uh, you know there will be cameras focused on that goal post from every angle imaginable 
Why? Because there is an established amount of space between the goalpost that the ball must pass through. Or it's not good. It will not be good. We've, we've seen that. Amen. There have been times when it has to be replayed again and sometimes again and sometimes again to be sure that it was good or not. Why? Because it's been established where the ball has to go for it to count as a field goal. Close, close is not good enough. They, they always say close don't count except with horseshoes and hand grenades. It has to be in a certain place. All right? Amen. We don't get our bank statement with the attitude that somewhere in the ballpark is good enough. It just kind of, we don't, we don't do that. Amen. We make sure that what, what we work for, we get. Right? It has to balance out. I've actually seen in this office right here where there will be a nickel or a dime off more or less. And so Debbie and my wife, and they will just kind of sweat over this thing to find out where that dime or that nickel. Why? It has to, it has to measure out. It, it has to be right. You just, it can't be guesswork. I'm getting to something here and I think some of you are probably on to it already. Amen. Listen, we make sure of certain things. So if we are so particular and so careful concerning the trivial things of this earth that we've already said in the scripture that's going to melt with a fervent heat that won't be around, all right, forever. We act like it is, but it won't be around forever. Why is it that we give almost no attention to the spiritual? Amen. That will live on forever and ever. Amen. The Bible said men are going to a place where the fire, I know there's not enough preached about hell anymore. I'm just going to touch on it a little bit. Where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not, means the spirit of the soul of a man is going to live on. And we don't want to go there, folks. And just because people are not preaching it and just because it's not popular and because it's just not, you know, kosher to talk about things that are, you know, not pleasant to the thought, you know, we, listen, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And so, you know, we pay close attention to football scores and bank accounts and all kind of measurement. Listen, when I put a, when I pay for a gallon of gasoline now, I want it to be a gallon. So yes, I am going to be particular. Amen. And, and of course, you know, when, when the you know, the people that come and, and, and check that out, you know, the, the weights and measures people from that the, the, there's an office in Washington, D.C., you know, the, they, they establish that and they check these scales and they check water, you know, the gas pumps and this kind of thing. I, I want them to do that because I don't want somebody to sell me a half gallon or three quarters of a gallon for what we're having to pay. Amen. Amen. Just a thought, folks. Just a thought. We pay little attention or no attention, amen, when it comes to the things that's going to last forever. And because our society, our culture is comfortable being without direction, we have accepted without question that there are no absolutes. This doctrine was, you know, 
allowed to just trickle in this no, it's, everybody's okay, you're okay, and I'm okay. Uh, listen, I'm not here to pick a scrap or a fight with any denomination and any religion. But when you start preaching truth, you cross some borders and areas. And so people take it that way. It's not what we're here for. Amen. We just need to get truth and just go with that. All right. Amen. Let it become important to us. Amen. You know, things, you know, we just don't question these things anymore. Just loose stuff. Like join the church of your choice. It really sounds good to the human nature. The nature that's uncrucified, unsubmitted. Listen, the whole everything about Christianity is about giving up and surrendering. And our flesh—I'll be the first to confess this. Our flesh does not like that. Maybe I'll talk about that just a little. But that's how—that's what God did. He came in human flesh. He surrendered. He gave His life. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do much of anything. And we just want to free ride. That's my, that's my nature and that's your nature. Amen. Accept Christ as your personal Savior. It's just a really nice little cool statement. And accept Christ. Oh, really? The only problem with that, it's not scriptural. It's not biblical. Nowhere in the Bible can I find that. But there's people who don't care. they just like, oh, that's nice. You know, I'll accept Christ. Your choice is the part that our uncrucified nature likes the most, my choice. I'm choosing, I'm deciding. It, you know, it may not matter to you, but, but, but no, one, no one used those things in the Scripture. Amen. It's an untoward phrase. It's without direction. All right? I, listen, I don't want to be hard on us today, but more accurate, a more accurate word for Christian, I've talked about it a little bit, and it's just going to hurt, you know. It's slave. Now, it just doesn't fit in with how we view our world around us. It just doesn't. You know, for us to say, yes, I'm a Christian. Yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. But think about it a moment. To say, yes, I'm a slave. It goes against every nerve that we have. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, I've been bought with a price. It sounds like he was a slave to me. You don't buy and say, no, 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 Paul said he was. I've been bought with a price. He said, I'm not my own. Somebody else owns me. Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. One definition for the meek is those who claim no rights of their own. That would put our lawyers totally out of business because everybody has their rights. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, you don't worry. You'll have a job. <laughs> great to see Rosina. Amen. You will always have a job because that's our nature. I'm going to, the Bible says every man is right in his own eyes. And so, so we don't like this surrendering business. We don't like this, uh, you know, this giving in and, and turning the other cheek. And we don't want to go the second mile. Amen. Listen, we've all heard the ugly stories of slavery and how bad, you know, badly they were treated and, and it angers us and it ought to. However, let me show you another side of this. I have heard and read, and you know, when I was just a, just a kid, I don't know what it was, but me, my brother and I used to ride our horses, and we, had, we lived in Mississippi, and I, I always liked to go to the old people. My grandfather, my, his brother, my great uncle, I've sat and listened to them talk and tell those old stories. I found 
we had, we had two or three. I'm thinking one in particular. His name was Sandy. He was an old black man. Lived in a little old shack of a house. Never will forget the smell of the place and horses and, and hay and, you know, cows and chickens. And, and, and inside of that house uh, was, had cardboard. Now, it had a wood heater there, and we'd sit around there in the wintertime. And, 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 and Mr. Sandy, his daddy was a slave. And I remember him telling me stories and, and hearing stories. So by reading and listening to old people, there were situations, even though slavery was horrible and ugly and it angers us and we don't want it anymore in this country and we don't feel like it was right and is right. And so, but I heard stories that there were slaves when, when the emancipation took place. Amen. There were those who did not want to leave. Part of it was they didn't have anywhere to go. They didn't know how to operate, know how to live outside of the, you know, where they had been, the bubble there, you know, on the plantation or the farms. But, but, but these slaves didn't think it was that bad. I know that it was probably, they didn't know it could be bad. And, I know, and we preach about it and some folks have a slave mentality. They're bound to this and bound to that. They don't know that it's better somewhere else and they don't know that it's better amen in, in another way amen and so but but the but the point is that there was people just stayed around even though they were free to go I, I looked in the scripture and I saw a, a story where Jesus was healing the sick and he was feeding the multitudes and doing all the wonderful things and the attendance was high and but when he began to point out to the people who would I'm, I'm talking to somebody who may just be just untoward. Just okay. Listen, I know that everybody's got their ideas. I know everybody thinks they're right. That's all established. We need to get our nose in the Bible. We need to find somebody that knows the scripture and start looking for ourselves. How do we get out of this place when the trumpet sounds? When God does what he said he was going to do, come back after those that have made themselves ready. That's what we need to do because there's always opinions and ideas. We just don't need to let this thing slide. And then you'll have to make a decision, all right? Listen, we don't police, folks. I don't stand with a hammer and tell people they have to do like I believe. Amen. We still have, you know, a little bit of, you know, liberty here to do some things. Amen. But Jesus, they, he had a great following as long as he was just doing wonderful things. But when he began to talk to his disciples, he said, you know, he talked about loyalty and he talked about the spirit leading and, 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 and uh, you know, kind of put a little things on people, you know. The Bible said that, that people began to walk no more with him in John the 6th chapter. They walked no more. They found the easier way. It was easier to be untoward. They wanted to get on the broad road where everybody was. Let me tell you, you won't have a lot of company. Amen. You don't have, you don't have to have to worry about having a wreck too much. There's not a lot of traffic on the narrow road. It's where people want to go. Amen. But, but not only did people begin to leave and he saw them leaving, he turned to his disciples. Amen. And he asked them, he said, will you go also? And then Peter asked him a question back. He said, Lord, where would we go? If you've always got options, let me tell you something. You'll be taking those options. Because it's going to get tough on you and rough on you. Amen. And if you leave yourself, oh, I could do this or I could do that. If it doesn't, listen, I, I want us to get a spirit like the apostle Peter. I think that's why he ended up with the keys to the kingdom. 
He gave himself no options. That's why marriages fall apart. Well, I'll just try it. If it, you know, if it don't work out, I'll just, you know, we'll just do something. No, no, no. I don't have an option. I'm stuck with this woman, and she's stuck with me. We stood before a preacher, and we said, till we promise till death do us part. That's how you make it. You don't just say if it works out. And so relationship with God, you can't be untoward about it. You have to set your face like a flint. This is what I am. This is who we are. God will bless you for that. We talked about it, we talked about it a few weeks ago here. Probably the worst sin you can commit, though, is unbelief. I mean, that shocks some of us right here. Because when God says, if you'll, if you'll give me 10% of your money, God said, he, in fact, he, he tests us. The, the King James uses the word prove or try. He says, try me, saith the Lord, and see if I won't open up heaven and pour a blessing out on you. But when you, when you say, oh, I, you know, I, you don't work for me, guess what? You just call God a liar. You didn't call me a liar. You just call God a liar. When God said, I will heal you and I will bless your home and I will bless your marriage and I will be with you always. Who wouldn't want Jesus to be with them? And we just say, well, you know, I don't know where God is. You just told God you don't believe him. That is the word, listen, unbelief and doubt. Amen. Everything ugly and everything wrong, every messed up marriage, finances that, that, that people, you know, they, the Bible said it's like they earn wages and put them in a bag with holes in them and they can't get this straight and they, can't, they have no joy, they have no peace, they have no real depth to their life and that's why they fall into drinking and alcohol. That's just what the world does. That's just what you do. Well, you don't have to do all of that. God's got peace. He's got real joy. Amen. Real Holy Ghost. He said that he would be a friend that would never forsake us, always be with us. Amen. Peter called it joy unspeakable and full of glory. I love to preach about Jesus. I love to preach about my best friend. Amen. It loves me when I make. Listen, you got to watch some folks. Amen. Brother Johnson, you make a mistake. Some of our standards are not for God and it's not for this leadership and this church. Somebody says, oh boy, that church, they require that. No, no, no. We're going we're gonna to forgive you. Amen. And be as lenient and as long-suffering as we possibly can. It's not us. It's the sinners out there. And God will forgive you and give you slack. But there's some folks you have to behave yourself around because they've ever find something wrong in your life. They will lose all, I'm talking about church folks, all confidence in you. They will never listen to you again. They, they don't accept the fact that you're a human being. But God does. He knows every problem that we have. He knows every flaw in our spirit and in our personality. He sees every mistake that we make, but he's still our friend. Who wouldn't want Jesus in their life? Who wouldn't want the miracle worker living in your house? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalms 24 and 1, I'm trying to quit. Amen. In fact, won't the musicians come right now? Amen. I'm just going to have to just do this. Y'all are awesome today. Y'all put up with me. Hallelujah. Brother Bobby, I can't wait till Tuesday. We have a Bible study going. Hallelujah. Brother John, Kay, I can't wait. You know, we've been in conference 
four or five thousand people every night and day. You know, because we've been, I told somebody, we've been around there and in part of the organization so long that we see people across the way, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you, how you doing? You know, we see people, it's just, you know, we've just been there so much and so long. But you know what? I'd much rather, I'd much rather just, you know, be at our kitchen table, at your kitchen table, or back here in the fellowship hall with a cup of coffee and our Bible study chart and our Bible, talking to people who have questions about the Scripture and about God. And we certainly don't know all the answers, but we've been around a long time and we've studied the Scripture for years. People who are hungry, amen, and looking, amen. I can't wait. And so, I listen, oh, I'm, I'm, I know the thousands, and we took up offerings, and some of y'all saw part of it on here when it was live streamed in, and $5 million plus was taken up to send uh, and pledged to send our missionaries back around the world and all the countries that they're going, save them from being on the field for six months to a year or even longer. Amen. It was just given and they were sent out. God, God knows what he's doing. So great things were accomplished and done, but I'd still rather be here. This, this is just down where the rubber meets the road. This is where people's lives, this is, you know, you know, it's just the grass roots. And this is where God called us. And I'm thrilled about what God's doing in the lives of individuals. Amen. I can't wait to see what God is going to do. I can't wait to see miracles take place. But, but if you don't believe that'll happen, guess what? It won't happen for you. I can't wait till the finances come in that we can finish paying this off and, and build our new facilities and building out here. Somebody say, we can't do that. Yes, we can. With God's help, all things are possible. But for you, it probably won't happen because it's by faith. Amen. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, the Bible said, it's impossible to please Him. It doesn't please God when we just begin to question Him. What about the? I'm not talking about, you know, certain questions we have, but I'm talking about questioning with an agenda. Questioning because we're trying to get around something or out of something or get out of another. That's the kind of things you got to watch out with God. Amen. It should be offensive to him, and it probably is. Amen. But Psalms 24 and 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Listen, when we come to understand who owns all of this, that's just what it said. The earth is the Lord's. I know we're fighting wars right now. Political things are going on, battles, people having their heads cut off. Horrible things are happening. There's people in high up places rolling over people, shooting people, having it done at least. All that's going to come to a stop. Why? Because God owns all this. The earth and everything in it belongs to God. When we come to understand that, that heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool, just give you a little idea how big God is. And then once in a while we'll be in a prayer service 
and I kind of feel like an earthquake coming on. It's like God's just kind of patting his foot on this old footstool. He's an awesome God. I wouldn't want to be without him. I wouldn't want to live one day, amen, without God. Not only did he create all of this, but I found some scriptures in Hebrews that said not only did he create it, but he's holding all this up. He didn't just put it in existence, but he's keeping it all going. Hallelujah. Mm. Amen. So what that means is we're all just house guests. We're living in somebody else's place here. Just temporary. Just staying. After Jesus was crucified, resurrected, he made sure that his disciples understood two things. Number one, he was alive. Number two, he would come back to this earth for his church. Acts 1 and 11, this same Jesus, which is taken up, this is after the crucifixion, he met with his people, they followed him out to Bethany. Amen. And when he did go up, amen. The angel said, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. There's our promise right there. I'm hoping to plant a seed of faith in someone's heart today. Amen. Let me suggest some common sense. If you feel that you are having a heart attack, please go to the ER as soon as possible. Don't try to handle this yourself. Trust me, this is one for the professionals. Somebody needs to listen to me. Amen. Somebody needs to quit worrying about Facebook right now. Somebody needs to quit worrying about who's texting you or who you, you, just, I'm going to be done in just a minute. But if you'll listen, amen. I'm talking about if you're having a heart attack, do not call your best friend who's an auto mechanic. Listen, when you have shortness of breath and pain in your chest, there's a good chance it's not indigestion. Just in case you're doing the diagnosing here, just call the doctor. Hallelujah. Now, we all know that. But again, if your house is messed up, if you're missing something and you're just not happy, if you're, if, don't go to somebody that's divorced to help them fix your marriage. I, I, I'm hoping that we all know. Y'all, I have a sister. She's a sweetheart. She called me yesterday. She's an older sister. She's a, she, I love her to death. Sweetheart. She's, she speaks her peace and says what she and I've always gotten along good with her she can walk in a room and just say two words and make everybody in the room mad at her they'll be ready to kill her but she don't know why like, what did I do what did I say you were just rude to people I think I asked her one time I said do you practice that or does that just come natural <laughs> come on some common sense here you know, you no, know, don't, don't, don't seek help where people are in need of help themselves. My dad used to tell me, son, if you want to know how to grow corn, you find a man that's got corn in the crib. Ask him how you grow corn and how, the, how do you do that. Don't go to somebody that's barn is empty. 
Don't go to an auto mechanic if you're having chest pains. If you're unhappy, if your spirit is not right, if you're angry all the time, if you're frustrated all the time, if you weep and, you know, marriage is on the rock, you know, just a a whole list of things that we all have to suffer and go through at times. Amen. Listen, you need to find you somebody who knows how to pray. Somebody who knows how to get a hold. Look for the professionals. Amen. That know how to get a hold of God. Find a prayer warrior. Find a counselor that loves God. Amen. Amen. And say, listen, give me some pointers here. Maybe you just want to stay in, you know, miserable. Maybe you just never want to have any money. Maybe you want to take a vow of poverty and just be poor all your life. Uh, you know, no, no, I think we want to get ahead. I think we want to do better. Well, God told us how. He's got people scattered around all over this country, amen, that's got a hold of something that's bigger than we are, amen, and we're not stingy. We'd like to deliver it and say, oh, yeah, you can be blessed, amen. You can step into a whole other realm of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, I got to quit, amen. Let's stand together. I'm just telling you, you don't have to stay unhappy. You don't have to stay miserable. You don't have to stay confused. You don't have to keep wondering. Oh, yeah, they may be a little sacrifice on your, but it's worth it. Was that Paul that said, when he began to compare all the struggles, Paul was beaten with stripes numerous times. He was left for dead. He had been stoned. I don't know how many, you know, stoning is horrible. But he said, it's when you compare this with where I'm going, I'm using my own terminology. He said, what God is going to prepare, he said, it's, it, it's unworthy to be compared. If, if you're counting the cost, well, I have to give up this and give up. Anything God asks you to give up, it'd be good for you. Doctors already tell you cigarettes and tobacco is killing us. Alcohol and drugs, you know, cirrhosis of the liver and that's not that, that, that's not to mention spend all your money that's people sitting on the bar stool or today they're wondering how they're going to pay their car payment they had no idea I could tell them they listen pay your tithes start with that first and God promised to bless your money I, you know I can't brother Chris I can't help but, but I have to believe that I don't have a choice God said it that's like in, the, in, in our Bible study. I love to do that part. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. You know, in public speaking, they teach you to build a platform. And, and Chad and I talk about it a little bit. And, and I say, here's how you, you got to do this. You know you, 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 you know, you tell people what you're going to say, and then you say it. And then sometimes you say it again. You want them to get it. You want them to understand that. But you know, God don't have to build a platform. We can say, well, I don't know if God created, I don't know if it's five, seven literal days. I don't know if, you know, if it's a thousand years or one day. And one. I, don't, I don't understand. I don't even care. I just know that he did it. He didn't have to build up to say it. And he don't care who disagrees with him. He don't care how many tests the scientists run on it, how much they know. And he doesn't care. God just simply starts out. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And so you know what? As a choice I have to make. I got to decide whether I'm going to believe that or not. And I do believe it. And I believe when I put my money in the offering, 
I believe that every other dollar, every nickel I got in my pocket has the blessings of God on it. I didn't intend to do this. I don't know why I'm getting off on money. Amen. But let me tell you something. I'd rather have 90% of my paycheck with a blessing on it than 100% that has a curse on it. That's, if you don't have a blessing, you have a curse. And I'll, pro- I'll just go a little further. Once you pay your tithes, it really don't have the blessing yet. Just the curse was taken off. And when you give above and beyond that, you give that extra offering. And he doesn't tell you how much of that to give. That's just left up to you. Well, how much blessing do you want? You can take the curse off by paying the 10%. But you don't have a blessing. I'm just talking about accepting God for what he says. You know, the old bumper sticker used to be, God said it. They meant well. God said it. I believe it, and that settles it. And for years, I saw that, and I thought, you know, something's wrong with that bumper sticker. Take that middle part out. Take I believe it out. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. God said it, and that settles it. That's how we have to look at it. If some of you will get a hold of this, if some of you will just listen to this preacher that mispronounces words, I probably used guillotine wrong or something again. Y'all had a, at least I made a good laugh. <laughs> I called it something. I can't remember what it was. But I know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. God bless me. He helped me. And he'll help you. He's no respecter of persons. Let's clap our hands one more time. Don't forget tonight, I know we've been here a little while, I apologize, went a little bit too long. Uh, Tonight, uh, David Bernard preached, no frills, he's such a modest man. Now, he's qualified to be eloquent if he wants to. If you don't believe it, read some of his books, numerous books. But as we sat there uh, Friday night and listened to him preach, I felt like the Holy Ghost just nudged me and said, this message is for Christian Revival Center. And he has a word for us here. And uh, if I'm your pastor, bishop, well, you need to be here tonight. If I'm not your bishop, pastor, go somewhere else or don't go. All right? Just simple as that. But just powerful word of God. We'll get him on the floor up here on the screen tonight as soon as we can. We'll have a little worship, a little praise, and then we'll put him on here. It's just really, really, it's about an hour preaching and uh, just an excellent word that's going to come right to us. Common sense down to earth. David Bernard, he's our general superintendent over our whole organization. And so come tonight. Don't forget. Praise the Lord. God bless you. And, and Rosina, again, it's so good to see you. Amen. And the little boy is just such an awesome yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Lonzo. <laughs> Enzo. Enzo. I knew somebody named Lonzo. Amen. All the rest of you, if you're a guest, come back again. Hope you got something out. Hope I wasn't too hard on you, too heavy-handed. Amen. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed. Shake hands with somebody. Smile at them. I'll see you tonight, I hope. <laughs>